Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Shocking, isn't it? I develop leaders and sales professionals all across the globe. I help them to tap into and achieve their true potential every day. I'm a business writer, speaker, and now host for this podcast, Shock Your Potential. Come on and join me. Let's learn and laugh together. Thank you for joining me again on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Now, this is normally my business podcast that focuses on excellence in leadership, sales, and the customer experience. But based on a number of conversations I've been having recently with people, I decided to add an element every Friday for as long as it seems to make sense. So starting this week of May 4th, I'm going to start interviewing people that are job hunting. My goal with this is to help people not only become more comfortable in the interview process, but to learn some different phrases, key points, and some highlights to help them in their job search, as well as help those who interview people every day to think through who's in front of you. My guests are people that are actively looking because they are in a layoff or a non-working situation. Some of them are going to be coming back from maternity leaves, others from corporate downsizing, and everything in between. But I want to have you take a listen, maybe learn a few things. And remember, if you want to be included, all you have to do is pop me a note. Let's see if we want to add you to the rosters. Today, my guest is Paula Cosgrove, and I want to welcome Paula today. Thank you for joining me, Paula. Absolutely. And so why don't we do uh, what I ask everyone first, if I were interviewing you for a job, I would first say, you know, Paula, walk me through your career. And what I mean by that is I have your resume. Obviously, I can see uh, the positions you've had and the descriptions you've had. But I'd like to ask you to walk me through your career, not only in terms of what's on that resume, but, you know, what are the jobs that you took? Why did you take those jobs? What did you love about them? And why did you change them? So think about it as, you know, as few sound bites as possible, but, you know, give us a little highlight of your career. Sure. So I started out, obviously, young as a hairdresser. I went to a cosmetology school and was hugely interested in hair, makeup, And I did that for a very short time when I got out of school and I uh, had a family, got married, had a family, and I took a little career turn and worked for many years running a Hallmark store, which gave me a real taste of business. Um, After many years, I decided, you know, I'm missing my passion and I really wanted to get back into hair or makeup, the beauty world. Um, I then landed a job with uh, Christian Dior, and I enjoyed it tremendously, loved the beauty world, um, and gave it my all and felt very at home. I was then recruited by Clinique. Um, For my sales, I am a little bit results-driven, and my passion is crazy, so I kind of stood out, and I knew that I did, and uh, Clinique recruited me, and I was with them for a little over seven years. Um, I got a real taste of the business side. And um, from that, I started to look um, on how I could push myself and kind of grow uh, the business, Paula. And that's where I landed the job with Cosmoprof. And I was with them for uh, 11 years. 
and sadly kind of went through a big layoff, the company's restructuring, and here, that's where it brings me today. Very good. So let me um, let me give you just a couple of thoughts initially. You know, the words that we use are very interesting for so many reasons. And I actually think about words a lot lately as I'm writing, writing my, uh, finishing my second book, writing actually on my third book already. Um, the words that we choose, especially to describe ourselves. So one of the things that I, and often we don't realize that we, we say them about ourselves, but when you first started out, you said, you know, when I started out young, obviously, and I laugh because I've talked to so many people lately who've used a lot of verbiage about, well, you know, I know I'm not as young as I used to, and I know, you know, that it's a more competitive world. And it's really important that we recognize that although ageism does unfortunately have a, a role in uh, in business at times, I think we are moving away from that. And there's a real value placed on the fact that those of us who have extensive experience want to make sure we use the right words. So I just avoid saying, you know, when I was young, I started out, you know, because, you know, it's still a part of you and it was just a different part of your background. So don't, don't see it as young and, and not anymore. Also, as you talk about things like, you know, well, I, I got recruited to uh, by Clinique and you said something about, you know, because of my sales and, you know, I, I learned a little bit what you want to use really powerful words because there's something really important that I want you to recognize to be recruited by a company, especially a company like Clinique to sell that is powerful. They don't do that with everybody. They find people that have value, that are delivering value, that present and would present their product in the right way. That is a huge, wonderful compliment. Don't downplay that. That That's important in, in your career and what it also means for where you went to the next level to become a district manager for a larger uh, beauty-related company you wouldn't have gotten there without those steps behind. So look at those building blocks. So if I had to ask you, you know, what what made you most prepared to become a district manager, which was with your most recent position, what do you feel made you most prepared for that and most successful at that? I really believe my strength in building relationships. I didn't ever realize how important that is. Not only building relationships directly in my district, but beyond with the vendors and um, peers throughout the country. I built so many relationships coast to coast and in the clinic world, you know, to this next step where I was with Cosmoprof, absolutely building relationships was Huge, absolutely huge. And I also think another strong... um, uh, I think it's really important because as you're talking, you're working through your theories. And this is what part of the joy that I've had with this is you're working through the theories of what you want to present. And you presented something really solid, strength in building relationships. So think in terms of when you interview or when you talk to somebody, heck, when you're sitting on an airplane and there's somebody sitting next to you and they ask, what do you do? Before you were looking for a job again to be able to say, you know what? I'm a district manager for a very, um, you know, dynamic, uh, you know, beauty com- beauty products company. As a district manager, my strength in building relationships, not only with my team but with my vendors, the other people in my company, those were the things that made me the best 
district manager I could be. So you want to start to think about those things in sound bites. What do you want me as the interview interviewer to know about you that tells me something beyond what I see in the resume? And that's a real passion. So then the reason that you stumbled a little which is okay and why I want to keep it in is because then you're like, okay, well now what, where else do I go? So let's, let's take a breath for a moment and say, okay, so that's one building the strength and building relationships. What else made you a dynamic and fabulous district manager? I feel that my other strengths were um, a being able to read people. I pride myself on getting understanding and knowing that I had to manage every single person differently. Um, That's a huge talent. I really pride myself on that. I've watched a lot of people manage and they try to manage everybody like cookie cutter. And when you are managing a large group of people, there are certain things that have to be corporate directive. Yes, I get that. But to get people to do things and to get people to want to grow and to tap into their potential, you have to manage them each individually. And I I really know that that was a strong point for me. You know, I couldn't. So let me interrupt you then. Beautiful. Now let's Mm -hmm. take it, let's take it even cleaner. So when you are trying to get people, all these people with different personalities, different types to do something different, what are you doing? What's the word that you're coaching? Using? You know, what's coaching? Dis- coaching. What else? What's another descriptive word for? Uh, man- well, managing, coaching. Um, I'm building them to yeah. grow. Okay. What else? Um, I'm probably are missing you, something. Really. Are you motivating them? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So, so think of the theme, the themes that you just had there, but then let's think about cleaner words. And what I mean by that. Okay. Yeah. So I heard you say a couple times, "I pride myself." Let's think about those words. I pride myself. And that is something that you should be proud of because it is a talent and it is a skill and not everyone possesses it. (laughs) But pride in yourself doesn't tell me as the interviewer that you have that skill. Okay. So what I want to know is I want to know an example. So I might say something like this. Let me tell you one of the greatest skills that I've not only developed, but I've honed over my 13 year or whatever, how many years I was with this company is that I coach and motivate my team based on their individual personalities to want to achieve more. Okay. Let me give you an example of how I did that. Okay. And then give me an example because I want to have concrete things. So whatever, you know, if I go back to saying, okay, I have strength in building relationships, I want an example of that. An example might be, I had uh, this vendor who was causing grief for my, uh, in my retail locations, because they wanted to have a different display up, but we already had a contract with a different company for the display at the front end. We couldn't do that. I know my business. I know. I know. And I know that I, I didn't want to screw up that relationship with that vendor, but we were also on, you know, tenuous ground with a new one. We wanted it. And every time they went into one of my stores, no matter what I did, they had them convinced next time I walked in, their thing was on the, on the end, you know, the, the cap end. I can't do that. Okay. So in order to do that, I went to that vendor. I said, let's sit down, let's have lunch, you know, whatever it is. So give me a concrete example of not only what skill you possess, but an example of how you did it. Because for me as an interviewer, then I'm hearing not only you say, these are the things I do great, I'm seeing examples, but I'm seeing and hearing and understanding how you process 
challenges and how you facilitate solutions. So that would tell me that instead of just being frustrated and wanting to kick the vendor out, that you knew you had to bridge a gap and you had to figure out how to do it together and you had to get them to buy in. And frankly, that also comes into getting that person to do what you wanted them to do by saying, I'll tell you what. So those are the things I want you to think about. What else? Let's give another example. And then I want you to think about not only how you describe it, but maybe an example of something that made you an amazing district manager. Well, we are constantly as district managers given uh, quotas, and that is huge to, to meet your quota. What, what Cosmoprof did was we had a, a 10% sales once a quarter, and it was unbelievably important to make those numbers, and they were huge. So one of the, the things that I used to do is I look at each one of my team members, well, my managers, and I would give them incentives that I knew some of them just needed something as simple as a piece of paper that was an award. And that's, if they made a quota and they got that piece of paper, well, I made sure that they got that award and it was decorated and horns and whistles because that's what made some of them tick. However, I had other managers who that same sale with those same quotas did not care about that piece of paper. (laughs) What they wanted was to be recognized verbally in front of the team. And I had to do that. Prizes, you know, I knew that some of them were just motivated by a cash prize or gift card. And you just, I tapped into it. And I'm going to tell you, I always made that quota. I was in that job for 12 years and we made those quarterly quotas. It it was uh, exhilarating to everybody. And we rejoiced together. I made sure everybody knew that this was not attainable without them. And it built them all up and made them feel a part of this team. And I think making people belong is also very huge. Okay. So you, you have a wealth of nuggets in there. So let's think about this. So as you are getting ready to interview again, and I'm sitting on the other side of the table from you, I want to know a couple things. I want to know that you are creative. I want to know that you can come up with things, but what you told me, I want to put it in different language. So you talked about quotas. I would want to hear about KPIs. So I want to know about key performance indicators. And you can say, we called them quotas. We called them whatever. And I know you also use KPIs and I know you recognize that. But think about this. Uh, is if, if you were interviewing me and I was you, I would say, well, Paula, let me give you an example. And this, this actually also ties in my strength in building relationships. It also uh, has to do with how I recognize each individual and I motivate them uh, based on their personality and what their drivers are. But for instance, with our quarterly KPIs, especially with our quote with our quotas, financial quotas, which are critical to the business survival. Um, I made sure to watch each individual. Some people needed a pat on the back. Some people needed a shout out on a weekly conference call. Other people's, they, you know, they needed a $10 gift card to Starbucks. And I found ways to constantly motivate my team based on their personalities to get them behind the mission and the vision of not only achieving, but exceeding our KPIs. So 
the verbiage then becomes to me as the interviewer something that's based in the business necessity. And so we all know that, you know, as a sales leader on the front line, you have to keep people going. You have to keep them energized. Some people are, you know, just like you said, some people are self-motivated. They'll keep them going. Others, you know, need bells and whistles and they need it bedazzled. <laughs> you know? Yep, 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 exactly. But hiring managers and higher level managers don't always want to know about those details because to them, that's just part of the the, the process of getting it done. But what they do want to know is that you did it in order for you to achieve and exceed your KPIs. And so highlighting that brings it back from the day-to-day, you know, I had somebody accuse me once. It was, and I say accuse because I totally deserve this, but I was once uh, touted as, as a cheerleader and not and I was definitely a cheerleader. I was very tough. I knew my numbers, all those things, but I was constantly cheerleading. And the reason that I have to say I that totally uh, was me is because if that's how my manager saw me was only as a cheerleader, you know, if if the, the big guy up next for me or the big gal up next for me only thought I was a cheerleader, I was doing something wrong. Because I need them to know, yes, I'm a cheerleader when I need to be a cheerleader. I'm a trainer when I need to be a trainer. I'm a sit down with the numbers and have the hard conversation when I need to. I need them to view me that way. And when you're interviewing, that's definitely how you want to come out across because the cheerleader part is just a part of the game. The rest of it is I did it because I knew we had to achieve and exceed our KPIs, but I did it by treating each one of my my people individually to get them motivated behind believing it as much as I did. Right. So there's power behind that. You know, there's the the power of the concept because at the end of the day, we can all be the best. And that was the thing that was hard for me to swallow, you know, uh, is we can be the best cheerleaders. You can get people motivated. You can do all those things to treat them as individuals and you want to and you should. Okay, good. Yeah. But at the end of the day- Definitely you have to always bring it back to the business sense so that you can tie the two together. And I think the, the fear of a lot of people is, is if I say that it's going to mean that I'm all business and I'm not a person, Mm -hmm. or if I don't, I'm only, you know, the person and I don't know the business, but nobody survives in a management or leadership position for as long as you did without having the balance of both. Correct. Good. And that's, that's the key there. So mm-hmm. if you see where I'm taking you down is, is thinking yeah. with your positions is, you know, what are the sound bites? So, you know, if you watch the news and you see, you know, they lead with this, the story at the top of the hour that makes you watch until the end of that news program, because you're afraid you might miss it. It's because yeah. they use the right verbs, the right sound bites to capture your, in, in uh, your attention and want to pull you through. So with your career, you want to think about what are the top sound bites in my career. How many, you know, you have it right in your resume, you know, in your last position, you manage as many as 13 retail locations, sales staff over 90 plus, you had total annual revenue over 11 and a half million. Those are key metrics that you want to drive some of your sound bites to that also then can show how you pulled it through. Does that make sense? Right. Yep, absolutely. So then let me, uh, let me throw another question. Let's say, well, let me ask you this first. I know that you have been through an unfortunate layoff, which a lot of people are going through in retail right now. It doesn't matter what kind of retail. You know, you can be selling selling shoes, you can be selling toys, beauty products. Uh, we're seeing yeah. enough, you could sell Subway sandwiches, <laughs> and, and they're they're all going. So, um, yeah, what right. kind of position? Exactly. Maybe 
maybe not what kind of company yet, but what kind of position do you want again? Do you want to be a district manager again? Do you want something more? Do you want to, you know, to have something, you know, completely different? What, what does Paula want now? I would love to be district manager again, but I know for a fact I could go beyond that. I know that I've definitely tapped into my passion for people through the years. I have that need and want to continuously learn. And I know that it's important to me to help people grow. So yeah, I want to stay in that business end of it, but coaching and tapping into people's best ability and bring that out. So wherever it would lead me, I just feel like I have a connection and a place in management for sure. And the beauty world, well, yes, because I know it so well. I think one of the things I think about with that is somebody once said that if you're working hard at something that you don't care about, it's just stress. But when you're working really hard at something that you really love, that's called passion. And that's where I am. You know, I know how much passion I have for the business, but I think I could sell shoes too. So, (laughs) you know, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that that's really important because so many times people feel like they have put themselves kind of in a box in terms of what they can do or what they should do. And I'm glad to hear you answer that way because it, it can really open up your eyes. And I used to, I spent 10 years uh, working in the hearing aid industry, which is, oh, I, I always said, well, I always said there's nothing sexy about it. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, right, right. But I loved when I brought in managers from outside the industry and oftentimes they would be nervous like, well, gosh, I, you know, I, I had some, Gosh, we somebody from uh, Blockbuster. I had uh, somebody who came from national car sales. I had you know people that came from clothing industries, and they all said, you know, well, how are we going to make it work in this industry? And like, you know, a business is business. If you can find a passion for it, you will get there. But the key is, can you lead people? And if you can lead people, then it doesn't matter what industry you're in you will find success. But the key is focusing on leading people and what that means to the bottom line of a business. So, you know, I want you to keep that in mind because let's say now I'm interviewing you and I am, let's see, what do I want to sell today? I sell, um, I don't, what do I sell? Let's see. I was almost, almost going to say shoes, but you already said shoes. I was going to say makeup, but that's from the beauty industry. Uh, let's say that we, I'm going to sell, um, Oh, spa services. So I, I'm going to, uh, so I, let's pretend that I am the district or I'm the VP of sales for like hand and stone massage. Now I know that's a franchise, but let's pretend it's a, let's pretend it's a, it's a big uh, conglomerate for uh, Mm -hmm. retail locations. And I'm, I'm looking to hire somebody to be a district sales manager and motivate my team in 10 different uh, hand and stone massage uh, therapy places across the East coast. So Paula, tell me what makes you uh, feel like you would be a good fit for hand and stone massage therapy as a district manager when your background has all been in, uh, you know, the beauty industry. I feel that my eye is always on the ball, whether it is, you know, a, a lipstick or a hand and stone massage. Every business has uh, quotas and that is first and foremost. Even though I know I do bring to the table a very strong sense of management, I also know that it's business first. And 
if I'm going to sell or manage, you know, uh, this type of business, I will, I'll be honest with you too. I'm doing my homework. I'll do my homework and bring along with doing my homework on the business. I will bring everything that I learned from my years of um, growing the, the district that, you know, I previously worked in meeting quotas and, and controlling expenses and making sure that I meet the company standards for shrink and understanding the cultural values. Because to me, once you've got that, you can work anywhere. Okay. So you had, again, a number of, you know, nuggets that are, are gold. Now let's polish them a little bit. The first one is one of the things you said about three or four sentences in, as you said, business first. And I think that's a key is, you know, a phrase that's a catchphrase. So if you are, and you probably will interview in different industries, you want to make it about the level playing field, you know, to say something like, well, Paula, let me tell you, business is business. And I have been fortunate to have a strong career in the beauty industry, which I also think is applicable to hand and stone. However, at the end of the day, it's it's business first. And what I bring to the table, which I liked your phrase that you used, is that I have grown my district. I have a track record of growing a district, growing people, and KPI attainment. So that is what I will bring to the table here. For me, learning another product, another industry, uh, you know, another specialty is exciting because it's something new. But the basis, the foundation of it is still about managing and motivating people to achieve what the business needs to achieve. So if, you know, if you think about what I'm saying, I'm still trying to take back to a kind of constant catchphrase, you know, you know, your, the the words that you can use over and over that you can use throughout an interview that will help deliver home the fact that you can do any job in any industry because at the end of the day, business is business. So if you had to go sell hearing aids tomorrow or be a district manager for a hearing aid company, you could still do the same thing. It's still about getting people to you know, be behind what you need to achieve. And that's it. It's about leading people, motivating them and seeing the business need to achieve and exceed. And I always liked it when people would say, you know, I want to achieve, but also exceed my KPIs because I want people to see more. I want them to see more than what just the basis is because sometimes you achieve more and sometimes you got to have that extra that you achieved the last quarter to get you through the next one because the next one sucks. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And that all, all, uh, kind of leads back to what your actual bonus will be at the end of the year. Absolutely. Hit you in the pocket. Um, Another couple of things that I would just warn you about verbal wise, and this is really interesting because as I keep um, taping these, even today, which is funny because it's a little outside of my norm, even though I've done a few of these right now, is I keep saying, um, which is one of the things I I hate to say, and I I never say it, and I've said it at least 47 times today, but you said, I'll be honest with you. That's a phrase that, and a lot of people say that it's a common phrase, but try to make sure that you bite that off when you say it, because that's one that that people, you know, will, will click on, but really thinking concrete, complete. And so if you see where I'm trying to lead you is, you know, what are the bullet points that you want me to know, no matter what industry that you practice over and over so that if you were sitting next to me on that airplane tomorrow 
And I said, Hey, Paula, what do you do? And you said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm searching for my next great career. And I say, great. What did you do? Well, I just, you know, spent 12 years as a district manager for this beauty supply company. I loved it. Absolutely. Like many things in retail, we've had a downturn, but this is what I tell you. Business is business. And I have been just so excited to interview with so many different companies in so many different industries to find that really at the end of the day, we're all trying to achieve similar things by motivating and leading people and by getting them to buy into what the company needs to do to be fiscally strong and healthy and survive anything that's thrown at you. I'd say, oh my God, I really want to talk to you. I've got an open position. And those are the things that the more you practice and the more that you know what you want to say with the power, and you can say it in as right. few words as possible, but that convey, convey your passion, the more people will sit up and take notice. Absolutely. So let me ask you, so the, as I go through this and we'll, you know, kind of wind down here in the next few minutes, one of the things that I know, I know that I've experienced when I have been at times where I've been searching for a job is it's often challenging to always slap a smile on your face. It can feel very lonely. It can feel very hard, especially if you've done really well in, yeah. a, in a company, it's very yeah. hard to look at yourself the same way <laughs> when you're searching and you're getting no's or you're not even getting responses because today's world of job searching oh. is much different than many, many other times in our lives because so many things are run through HRIS systems and your resume might not even get there. How are you be honest in terms of a little bit of your struggle, but also what are you trying to do to keep yourself positive and forward thinking as you continue this job search? Um, I, there I went. I have. Um, Were you going to say I'll be honest with you? Yeah. yeah no, I was up good. I, and then I caught myself. I'm not. I'm so proud yes, of you. Yes. Awesome. Keep going. Um, so I definitely have had some struggles because you definitely stop and say, what did I do wrong? And I allowed myself, uh, a, probably, I was going to say a day, but come on, seriously, Paula, a couple of days to almost be sad, um, mourn, if you will. And I'll tell you what, Michael, I have been reading, reading, connecting, reaching out. And it makes me feel empowered if I can just reach out to somebody and they get back to me. And clearly that's what happened with you. Um, I read your words. It kept me on track. I am connecting with everybody I've ever connected with in this business. And it's keeping me going. I am going to also pat myself on the back for a second here with where I came from. The people in the industry from the world that I just left are all been, have been wonderful to me, you know, reaching out to me, wondering how I'm doing and, and tell me that, look, I'm a better person for knowing you and from being coached by you, you're going to do fabulous. And uh, that helps. That absolutely helps. Um, I'm a single woman and I marry a job. I don't know that that's the best thing in life, but I'll tell you what, I, I just can't wait. I'm, I'm just really excited about future opportunities. And I don't have a specific as to why I just put it behind me. I didn't put it behind me negatively at all. I put it behind me like it was great. It was wonderful. It is what it is. The restructure happened. 
Okay, let's go. <laughs> I was going to say, if you um, are a single woman who marries your job, then we need to start looking in jewelry companies for you because they should put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Paula, I, and I, I want to recognize this. And I know when we, we spoke um, briefly before that you talked about this, and I think it's really important. And it's a common theme with the people I've been interviewing is that it is a death. You know, there is a death when you have a job that it goes away for whatever reason. And it's it's important to recognize that you have to go through the the stages of, of acceptance of that. And uh, it's Cuba something's the stages of death and dying. So that's my, all my psych background is coming back to haunt me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it is important to recognize that because otherwise it's easy to get stuck and not know. And long, long ago, uh, the very beginning of my career, I was a teacher. I started out as a teacher and I got done with college and I got hired by a Catholic school and I taught seventh grade English lit. And they said, we also need you to wow. teach computer classes. And I had no other work computers. Oh, wow. They're hardly sure. computers anywhere by then. I'm so ancient. Yes. See, don't do what I just did. Um, <laughs> but at the end of that year, and I had just a grant funded position at the end of that year, they uh, came back and said, look, we don't have the grant again. And so we, we can't hire you. And there were no, te they, teachers were not being hired at that time. There were few, too few students in uh, schools. And so they were late, le uh, letting teachers go, laying them off all over where I lived. And all that summer, I was just, I was searching. I was panicked. I was nervous. My self-esteem just plummeted. I, I look back now and I feel so sorry for people that would say, how are you doing? Because I'm like, well, sit down. You have an hour and 20 minutes. I'll tell you how miserable I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it turned yeah. out to me, for me, yeah. being one of the best things because I had to be forced to look at a completely different industry, to use my education, use my background, use my training. And that paved the path for where I am today. I'd never be there without it. But you know what? I never went through acceptance of that layoff. And it wasn't till many, many years later that I was laid off uh, when I was in pharmaceuticals. And because we had, we had a pro, I sold Prozac and it went off patent. <laughs> so we're like, <laughs> okay. you don't have a job. There anymore. You go. And then I probably needed Prozac by then. But yeah, right. that was when many years later, because that was in 2000, I don't know, 2004 or something. That was finally, 15 years later was when I went through and had my grieving. Wow. And it was powerful to realize that I didn't grieve all those times before. And so that whole summer, because they gave me time off and, and everything before I, I had a new job and I was being paid, it was great, yeah. you know, until I knew it was, it was almost over. And people kept calling going, do you want a job? I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm paid until the end of July. I'm sitting on my dock. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and that I just tell those stories to recognize that what you've done and the process that you've gone through, and I think you've gone through it fairly quickly, which is great, really proves where your attitude is because it shows how grateful you are and how focused you are and how you're open to new things. And that makes a difference with what happens next for you. Absolutely. So Paula, you um, let me just do some wrap up things. So if anybody is interested in connecting with you, they should definitely find you on LinkedIn. So Paula Cosgrove, C-O-S-G-R-O-V-E. And uh, so you live in the kind of, well, Middletown, Connecticut. Is that yeah. what's close to that? You know, I'm central in the state, absolutely central, but I'm 20 minutes um, 
uh, south of Hartford and 20 minutes north of New Haven, okay. right smack in the middle, not far from New York and not far from Boston. <laughs> so do you want to stay there? Or if somebody was listening today and said, hey, we might want to have her, but she'd need to move to, I don't know, would you be willing to move? And it's okay if you say no. Yeah, yeah right at this point, no, personal reasons. My mom is alone in town and, you know, that's a big responsibility thing. And those are important things. And I think it's important for everybody to recognize too. Some people are willing to willing and able to relocate. Others yeah. aren't, you yeah. know, and that's in neither, neither is good or bad. It just is. Yeah. It's, it's our reality. But I think it's interesting because uh, it, I had one uh, interview I've done already and the, the gal's like, I will move anywhere in this country. <laughs> and I said, yeah. you yeah. might get a job. <laughs> yeah. I actually almost would, but time won't permit it right now. So. Well, you never know what might be in your own backyard, but right. you know, mostly I think it's, it's just really helpful for, you know, for me to hear and for others to hear, you know, what, what would be some of the steps that will help you on the next uh, phase? And I, I hope we hit something that, that you can take away from this. Oh, absolutely. So let me ask you the very last question that I always ask uh, all my guests on my, uh, the regular edition of my podcast, knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to the younger Paula earlier in her career that would either you know, something that you would do the same, something that you would do different, or just something you'd want Paula to know that would shock your potential farther then, farther now, or just keep you on the path you've been on? Well, I've thought about this and I absolutely would come out of the gate saying, I would tell the younger me to take risks, take risks, but clearly do your homework, think about it. And I think I can just bring it down to two words that I really can put to any part of my life. And it's something that I got from my dad. And the two words that I didn't pay attention to when I was younger, Paula, but is be ready. Um, be ready. You know, I had this Italian father who said, you always had to be ready with your pantry. You didn't need one jar of peppers. You needed six just in case. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I must be related and to then, you. You know, career wise, I always knew. Going into a meeting, maybe when I was younger, I didn't feel that I needed to bring in as much, and I know I use that word I shouldn't have, but younger, <laughs> in my earlier days, I didn't feel that I needed to bring in as much. I went in with the absolute um, least that I needed to because this is what they told me to bring to the table. No, no, no more. I think if Paul knew then, you're going to bring what they want and bring more bring more, you know, be ready. And I can tell you right now, I am ready. <laughs> that is awesome. So. That is awesome advice on, on two fronts. And one of them is I love, you know, the concept of take risks, but you said take risks, but do your homework. And that, cause taking risks doesn't mean you always have to jump off the cliff blindly to be taking a risk. Sometimes it means go ahead and have the courage, but don't run into, don't run into it without at least being aware, but you're right. Being ready and bringing more to the table than it's expected really shows that you want more than just now. And that's something that for people in hiring positions, people in, in top leadership positions, they need that. They need that for every level of an organization, but they especially need that for their sales leaders, without a doubt. Paula, it has been a joy. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I think that this will be very valuable to a lot of people. And I appreciate your story. And I'm looking forward to keeping not only in contact, but when you get the next job, I want to know about it. But here's my offer also. When you get the next job interview that really is passionate for you, 
you go ahead and contact me, send me your, uh, the job description and I'll put you through a mock interview for that job. Just you and I offline and, uh, make sure you've got your, uh, your phrases the way you want them. Wonderful. Thank you, Michael. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate it. You betcha. Have a great day. Wonderful. You too. Take care. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Learn more today about my book, Tell Me More, and about me at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. Make it a great day.